Glass here, people. Did you hear something? No. Hmm. Did I? I don't know. get the Simpsons time calendar year off to a strong and disturbing start. And just, you know, just go ahead and dive into Homer's Enemy, episode number 176, written by John Swartzwelder, directed by Jim Reardon. Um, and vis-a-vis the direction I especially like Frank Grimes's grabbing of the high voltage cables uh, and you know the way we see his skeleton inside in the flashes of black and white and I do also like the all the animation on Frank Grimes the way he has sort of herky-jerky movements, especially in that last tantrum um, that ends his life. Uh, but, you know, pretty much in all of his acting and every now and then he blows his top and he sort of pushes his arms forward in disbelief. And It's good, it's good. I had a teacher in high school that looked quite like him. Now, I am only just realizing that now. And uh, yeah, so this is in season eight. The Simpsons was pushing boundaries of, you know, what the Simpsons could do. Of course, they were doing that from the beginning, but they reached a sort of excellence plateau. Um, and then once Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein came on as showrunners, there was some like break with tradition and uh, weirdness that started to happen. Where, you know, the actual structure of the show was broken with slightly. And I'm talking about episodes like El Viaje Misterioso de Nuestro Homer, which has, you know, the whole uh, chili pepper psychedelic trip in it. And um, 22 short films about Springfield, which is told in a completely non-traditional manner. And this episode. And there are others too, but this, you know, is definitely in the top three along with those two when we think about unconventional ones of, of this time. And it's a phenomenal episode. When it was first aired, a lot of fans did not like it at all. And I can see them not liking it uh, because 
it really jars you out of your comfort zone. Actually, much in the way that uh, the principal and the pauper also does. But this one does so with, without changing the status quo of Springfield and of Homer. In fact, it like throws it into sharp relief because the character Frank Grimes comes to the power plant with a completely new perspective and one that is more like that of the square uh, TV viewer that doesn't like The Simpsons. Much has been made of this over the years that Frank Grimes is actually a stand-in for uh, the non-believers <laughs> in Homer. Because, you know, if Homer did exist in real life, there would be plenty of people completely scandalized and incredulous uh, that he has succeeded so much. Of course, in Springfield, it's totally normal. I feel like it's a little bit of, um, this is getting very woo-woo, but it is also probably unintentionally a meditation on the law of attraction working because Frank Grimes only sees uh, how he's how he's worked so hard and his whole life is work and determination and uh, fighting against adversity and then you know so all he sees is adversity whereas Homer never sees adversity he's just happy 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 and so he gets happiness regardless of how not competent he is. Uh, there is a little B story, which I find charming, of Bart buying a factory because he wanders in on a real estate auction. And that the way that comes about, even that is like a little bit strange to me. Why Why does it seem strange? I don't know. It is sort of normal and Swartzweldian as a, as a plot. But just how Bart is like looking up at Marge as she's at the DMV asking to change her license plate and then he kind of wanders away. I don't know, like the way that's done sort of secretively and quietly uh, it makes it a good compliment <clears throat> to the very, very, very pitch black humor of Frank Grimes, which you, you just know it's going to end badly. Like at the very beginning of the show, when when Grimes is the subject of Kent's people, you know, it's like, oh, this guy at the power plant. Uh oh. But yeah, I do always laugh at Marge uh, trying out the names, you know, and seeing if they're available. <laughs> oh, they don't have Marge available? How about Marjorie? Huh. How about Mitzi? <laughs> like, uh, Bart, disgusted with this, goes and uh, buys a factory for $1. Makes Millhouse the night watchman, prompting the excellent Millhouse line. 
So this is my life. <laughs> At least I've done better than dad. I actually like the so this is my life part way better. It would have been funnier if he had just <laughs> walked off into the empty factory with his oversized watch night watchman's cap and cudgel. <laughs> Sighing and saying, so this is my life. Some, th this episode really more than any other one, eh, maybe Principal and the Popper too, but uh, without people being too hateful of it, uh, this episode prompts the most uh, critique about The Simpsons that is meta. You know, you can use the episode as a metaphor for all different things in the series. Oh, it occurs to me that Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie is another one like this. You know, it's sort of like this is a Simpsons episode about the Simpsons, uh, not just about Springfield. But this one succeeds at that uh, in a much more abstract way because it's, it's not about making a TV show. It's about the TV show as life. Um, and uh, Frank Grimes has had... A terrible life you know all these things have happened to him in his upbringing like you know he's injured in a silo explosion after being an orphan and you know pulling himself up by the bootstraps at age 18 he is the victim of a silo explosion uh, slowly getting a degree in nuclear engineering by a correspondence course as he's in a full body cast You know, so he's a hard luck case. He's very determined, but, you know, even as he gets his diploma, the eagle tries to steal it from him, you know. It sort of hammers home the last little animation bit to hammer home the fact that he has to deal with adversity at every turn. Uh, at the power plant, that... that there is no exception there. Because no sooner is he made executive vice president by Burns than the job is given to a heroic dog that Burns sees on TV more recently. So yeah, he is given this great job, but by the time he gets there to be introduced <laughs> to Burns... He doesn't have the job anymore. He's just a normal, working stiff, working alongside Homer and Lenny and Carl. And he hates Homer right away. I mean, Homer is just his normal, friendly self, but extremely annoying. Um... Chewing Grimes's pencils and eating his lunch and... And being incompetent, that's the thing, that's like the crowning disgrace for Grimes, is that Homer is so incompetent. Incidentally, when I was looking for uh, notable frames from Homer's enemy, 
and I went to the Frankiac site to try and find it. The keyword that I typed in that I knew was going to be part of that episode was dietetic. <laughs> Frank Grimes is the kind of guy who would use the word dietetic when talking about his food and it not be a joke. And little details like this about Grimes make him kind of interesting in that he's not just Homer's enemy. He's kind of our enemy, you know? Like, if we knew a person like that, we might admire him for uh, surmounting all of his difficulty in his life and, you know, being a disciplined person. But we're nothing like him. And we probably wouldn't get along with him too well. Because he finds nothing funny in Homer. And it's kind of like, how can we even imagine somebody like that? Even at the final tantrum where he's, you know, flipping out and running all over the power plant and uh, peeing with the seat up and all, seat down rather, uh, and all of this. When he pulls down his pants he doesn't even show his whole butt <laughs> he shows like the very top of his butt and I feel like that says it all about grimy as he liked to be called there's some very funny Schwartzweldian humor here where um Homer, who is, of course, dismayed by the fact that this man hates him because he wants to be loved by everyone, asks Mo for advice. And Mo says, oh, there's nothing to worry about. My, I've got plenty of enemies. This is my enemy list, you know, and it's like everyone that Nixon had on his enemies list. Um, also after Homer has tried to win Grimes over and failed by inviting him over to dinner, he has a, a cute little tete-a-tete -tete with Marge in the car where she persuades him to act like a better worker so that Grimes would respect him more. And so after that, we see Homer at his workstation with a poster of a model employee sitting in the same posture as Homer himself, right behind him. Uh, and he has stacks of donuts next to him, but he's eating them with a knife and fork, which is just strikes me as very uh, funny and very on the nose. Uh, I like in one of the the sequences where he's just annoying Grimes to the point of no return. <laughs> when Grimes is trying to work, his singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Just for no reason, you know, <laughs> just like staring up at the ceiling and singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the ball <laughs> that always really really makes me laugh
as all this is happening, Bart leaves Millhouse in the ramshackle factory. And goes to sleep, and then in the morning returns back to the factory and sees that it has fallen over. No thanks to Millhouse for letting it fall over. Frank Grimes is voiced by Hank Azaria. Uh, I think that makes it also slightly bizarre that they didn't have a guest star come in to voice Frank Grimes. Um, but I could see why a guest star would not have wanted to. They never even courted a person to be Homer's enemy. But apparently Azaria uh, was very heavily coached for this and he took the role extremely seriously. And uh, Wikipedia tells us that he based it partially on William H. Macy, whose name is bandied about frequently in Simpsons because he's similar to Ned Flanders, or, you know, his, like, Fargo-era characters are. And Frank Grimes really is kind of like that, you know, a real, real uptight guy whose rage is roiling just below the surface. I like how uh, everyone just turns on Grimes when he tries to win sympathy from Lenny and Carl. And they just sort of shrug and are like, eh, you know, Oma's always been like that. Just goes to show that the do-gooder cannot win in the Springfield universe. Wanting to humiliate Homer once and for all, Grimes rigs a children's nuclear power plant design contest uh, that is also entered by Martin and Ralph. And Ralph submits a Malibu Stacy dream house that, uh, <laughs> that Smithers and Burns actually kind of consider <laughs> for a little bit. Martin's is rejected out and out because it is too sterile looking, even though it really generates power and it's lighting the entire room right at that moment. And then the final entrant is Homer, who, thanks to Grimes, did not know that it was a contest for children. Waltz is in there with a scale model of the plant exactly as it is, but with racing stripes and with fins. And he wins. And everyone is proud of him except for Grimy, who at that moment 
goes apeshit and uh, goes on the rampage that I've already talked about uh, ending in him after giving examples of all these things that Homer Simpson would do and get credit and adulation for goes uh, grabbing high voltage wires and electrocutes himself and we just see right after that we cut to his funeral in a regular cartoon and in most other episodes of the Simpsons the character would not die uh, they would you know be horribly mangled and you would see them in the hospital and Dr. Hibbert laughing at them. But in the case of Frank Grimes, he is dead. Uh, and, you know, this very interesting, very incongruous character in Springfield who has had, you know, like the lion's share of the lions and, you know, lots and lots of attention paid to him throughout the episode is just gone now. And the last shot is a joke. It's uh, Homer sleeping and snoring at Grimes' funeral and saying, Marge changed the channel in his sleep. And then everyone, you know, that's our Homer laughing. End of episode. Super dark, super weird, and super good, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know. If you're listening to this and you're a Simpsons fan, maybe you didn't like Homer's Enemy when it first came out. I always like to hear differences of opinion, but uh, most episodes through the classic era are beloved by all. The last thing I'll say that uh, I appreciate is when Homer is nervously showing off all of his trophies and, you know, all of the great things that have happened to him to Frank Grimes at the house. Uh, he introduces Lisa by saying her IQ and she goes, oh, hello. <laughs> and then he's like, see, <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it's funny. This is Lisa, IQ 156. Hello, C. And this is Bart. He owns a factory downtown. <laughs> yada, 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 yada. This has been Simpsons Time. Thank you for listening to Simpsons Time today. It's your own worst enemy. Ringing the bell on the door. Take me out to the ball. We are listening to They Might Be Giants with Your Own Worst Enemy. Of course, what other song could be played after a discussion of Homer's Enemy, that terrific Simpsons episode? By the way, if you'd like a repository of all of the Simpsons Time Through the Deep Regulator podcasts that I have done, you can go to wfmu.org slash playlists slash sy. There will be a full list of all the episodes that I've treated in this long-winded way. 
I'm Amanda Nazario. I thank you so, so much for sticking around with me and listening to my Simpsons talk. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.